everybody, welcome to Twig 36. And in this episode today, we are actually going to be talking about E3. I'm here, uh, Joe Kim, joined by uh, Eric Kress and Adam Telfer. Unfortunately, Mishka is out today, but um, you know he's got his high style uh, jet set life. He's got to attend to. But um, Eric and Adam, what, what what's going on with you guys? And how was E3 for you, for you guys? Well, um, not to repeat the same story over and over again, but we were at a basketball tournament again at at uh, Anaheim. So I flew down to uh, E3, flew back to get my son, flew back to Anaheim. And uh, they played in a tournament called the Coca-Cola Classic. And if you think that my life revolves around video games and basketball, that's pretty much all I do. And if anyone has a kid that plays um, club competitive club, you know what I'm talking about. But uh they ended up playing, they won two games and lost one. Um, they ended up in a terrible bracket in which they played this absolutely amazing team from Vegas that uh, just destroyed them. And so they were kind of out after that. So we, we had a good showing, um, but the, these are nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds. It's like amazing how, uh, how the, you know, the skills that these kids have at that age, but totally fun, fun uh, weekend. How about you? Um, yeah, weekend was actually pretty good. Uh, I managed to pick up uh, Trover Saves the Universe, which is the most ridiculous video game I think I've played in a long time. It's by the guys who do uh, Rick and Morty, and uh, they do this VR game incredibly well. So, yeah, I had a pretty funny weekend. Oh, I should try that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, for me, my kids just finished Legends of Zelda. So I, <laughs> instead of playing myself, I watched them finish it. But um, yeah, E3, I, I know Eric and Adam, the, all, the, all three of us were there. I actually never attended the conference itself, but it'd be great to kind of get an overview in terms of highlights and things of that nature. Eric, you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, obviously my context and my kind of lens is looking at it from investor perspective, kind of the bigger names, but I did get a chance to see a bunch of stuff, talk to, but I hung out with Joseph and Adam the whole time, actually, I was, it seemed like I was running into you guys all the time. And, uh, Adam totally helped me out, made me look like a rock star, one of my clients, cause I had to bring an expert in, in monetization. And so, uh, he showed up and made me look like I know what I was talking about. So thank you for that. Um, all right, overall. So basically the show seems like it's kind of falling apart, right? I think that's kind of the overwhelming kind of view is that, this year in particular was one of the most stark years. And I think I've been there like 15 times. So this is, you know, I've seen it all at this point. Um, but anyway, Sony, EA, and Activision were completely out of the show. Um, and Microsoft, which I don't think was known, was basically off the floor. It was actually in a separate building, which made the West Hall just seem like empty, right? It was kind of pathetic, right, <laughs> in, a, in a way. Uh, I thought the South Hall was actually pretty cool. And there was lots of activity and and you know, Borderlands was huge and all, and, and, and then the West Hall Nintendo had huge lines for all their stuff. So overall it felt empty relative to last year's, but if it was your first E3, it still would have been a spectacle. I think that's kind of the conclusion, but I think the biggest names and the biggest games that were kind of at the show were kind of cyberpunk 77 at number one. Uh, and then Borderlands, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Watchdogs Legions, you know, Star Wars Jedi Jedi Fallen Order had a good show. Uh, Final Fantasy VII for those hardcore uh, nerds that play that game. 
Um, and, you know, and, and overall, like, it's ironic because I think the actually games that are coming out look pretty good. I just the show itself seemed like it was uh, it was falling down a little bit. And my expectations going forward is that next year will be a much bigger show because we're going to see the PS5 and the next Xbox. Um, but after that, I don't know how long the show is going to last because it just seems like the support underlying support from the publishers is waning. And that could be a real challenge for the show overall. Okay, is that is that it, Eric? That's it for now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with you in terms of the the show. Like a lot of people were talking about that in terms of just how it's kind of declined and so forth. But um, Adam, what's uh, what what was your take? Any any big surprises at all? And and uh, what what's your update like? Um, <laughs> I would probably say pretty similar. Um, so <laughs> this was actually my first show. So um, my my first E three. Um, just mostly moving from mobile to console. Now E3 is a lot more uh, bigger precedence when it comes to console games. Um, but definitely comparing it to GDC, GDC was a far more useful conference. And I would say not to big up our own conference that we had, JK. <laughs> My, the most productive time that I had last week was actually at our uh, PM meetup on Monday, which was great. Uh, absolutely great to actually speak to a lot of um, developers in the or PMs in the mobile space, as well as console about some of the problems that I've been having uh, with these kind of cosmetic driven economies um, and just kind of get a next uh, fresh pair of eyes on the problems. So that was good. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual show, um, I was pretty underwhelmed as well. It was pretty tame. Uh, one thing I would definitely kind of call out, which kind of <laughs> summarizes it all was like Bethesda on the stage, actually making a ma major announcement around NPCs coming to Fallout 76 being incredibly worthwhile for their stage presentation, right? Like a small update to a games as a service title um, being something that's actually stage worthy. Uh, th that's kind of telling. There's There was a lot of announcements actually around games as a service style games like division up updates and mobile announcements and this type of thing, which is kind of just more of a sign of the times. But in terms of me as a gamer, there wasn't a lot of major announcements, and I would agree with Eric in terms of who won the show. Most likely Nintendo, Cyberpunk, um, Final Fantasy VII would be my three. Um, also interesting to see kind of more subscription-focused announcements, Microsoft with Game Pass announcements, as well as Ubisoft joining the fray with their Uplay announcement. Um, but I'm not going to go too deep into that just because I think we've covered subscription-based models a lot on this podcast. Um, but yeah, in terms of me for the show, what I was actually trying to get out of it was more about the shift to free-to-play in the PC console space. Um, just trying to talk to as many publishers or PMs from different publishers about how they are going to experiment with the model and moving into free-to-play on console. Um, so the big announcement actually pre-E3 was Destiny 2 going free-to-play, um, but their model is pretty broken. So th with them, they, they're moving into sort of a... MMO style model, which was that all of the initial first year content is basically free, but then all expansions um, from last year, so basically Forsaken and Shadowkeep will all be paid content. Um, so players can kind of get in, enjoy the game, and hopefully convert uh, after they've kind of enjoyed the game. Um, but yeah, in terms of actually figuring out that PvE space, it's not going to be really easy to figure out. Um, and uh, also, what was it? Ubisoft announced a roller derby free-to-play game, uh, which for me 
seemed a bit awkward. Um, like I, to be honest, I would be a bit more bold with something like Rainbow Six Siege, their key title. Uh, I know it's had tremendous success, but I feel like that game is only one small step towards becoming free to play, especially with that starter edition. Um, yeah. Besides that, like the the other major announcement that I would call out was the Apex Legends that kind of impacts impacts me day to day. They're going towards a season two, and I think. I'll be watching that quite closely in terms of the Twitch numbers to see how that actually pans out and whether that's enough. So, yeah, that, that was pretty much my conference. Uh, JK? All right, cool. So for me, I, as I mentioned, I, I mainly hung out at the JW Marriott and other hotel lobbies just talking to folks and um, kind of hanging out. But uh, so I don't have much to speak too, with respect to the conference itself, but uh, there were uh, a few rumors which I could talk about since uh, since it's been a while since uh, I, I did the rumor guy thing. But uh, one of the rumors out there was was around the Fox Next acquisition. This is a topic that um, we have talked about uh, before. That there was speculation. I think initially, I read some speculation that uh, that I felt that Fox Next would be acquired by Zynga. Then I said it was most likely EA. And I think the current update from a rumors perspective and specula- speculation perspective that is that from my perspective, I, I think it's going to be EA in the end, but I, I do think both companies are still in it. And the deal closes soon if it hadn't already closed last week. Um, so, you know, I, I think on the Zynga side, there have been rumors that they're trying to buy Peak. Um but uh, that, in addition to rumors that EA is, is willing to do the deal for Fox Nets with all of their studios and not just the Marvel Strike Force team, makes me think that from a strategic perspective and because of that, that they will probably be the ones that uh, acquire Fox Nets, uh, or sorry, uh, EA will. So um, also just news with respect to Zynga that they did complete their sell lease back on their building, which gave them uh, about $600 million dollars. And they proposed a six additional $600 million private placement last week. So it looks like they can pay over $1.2 billion for whatever they want to acquire. Um, and that doesn't include stock. So this to me points to peak instead of Fox Next because let's say, you know, Marvel Strike Force, I think, did about $80 million in net revenue over the past year um, versus just shy of, say, $500 million for peak. So just Based on you know a, a potential revenue multiple, it seems to indicate that Zynga is most likely gearing up to buy something bigger than Fox Next, but you know who knows? We'll see. Uh, so that's the Fox Next stuff. Uh, there were also some some rumors around uh, Unity leadership, which uh, unfortunately it, it sounds like uh, JR's out. Although you know from some of the folks that I talked to. Uh, who are at Unity or previously at Unity. Um, it sounds like he actually did a really fantastic job over the f- past few years. So there's there's some disappointment from within that company. But uh, at least the rumors are that there's, you know, there's likely going to be a big change there, uh, unfortunately. Um, with respect to Stadia, you know, just the general vibe on Stadia seems like there, there's a bit of a negative outlook uh, just because of the lack of exclusives. We've talked about this before, but, you know, there were rumors that Epic has been beating Google at every turn for exclusives and that, 
there have been uh, there has been a bit of executive indecision holding up some of the uh, exclusive deals. So unfortunately, from a title and content perspective, uh, there does seem to be a bit bit of a negative outlook on Stadia, which is unfortunate, uh, just given you know the technology and just how good the technology is. Also, um, the other thing that's a little weird to me is that people have been keep talking about um, Netflix. Netflix as an analogy to Stadia, which I think is a false comparison, um, just because when you think about the consumption model of uh, of of you know of games relative to to things like movies or television, I think the consumption model is different. Whereas uh, in Netflix, you know, it's I think having like long tail content and a lot of stuff that you can consume makes sense. But I think from a gaming perspective, you know, generally speaking, uh, at least what I've seen is that. You know, players generally tend to play the most recent titles and only uh, one or two titles at a time. So I do think that uh, when, when we think about like a subscription-based model, that uh, that I don't think that that's a good comparison and also feel that uh, Google not being able to make a decision with respect to subscription relative to a, you know, a, a paid model is probably not good for them uh, longer term. Uh, besides that, um, to, to your point, Eric and Adam, uh, from what I was hearing, the most, most exciting news at E3 was the Keanu Reeves, Reeves announcement for Cyberpunk 2077. So definitely seems like in terms of the buzz and the title that people are most excited about, it does seem like it's Cyberpunk 2077. Um one other note from my side is that ahead of E3, I went to EA Live. Uh, because I personally was really excited about Jedi Fallen Order and wanted to check it out, and man, it was it was super packed. Like EA Live was it, it, like I had heard that it wasn't too bad at least last year, but this year there was like a massive line. Um, and if I hadn't pulled some strings, I, it would have taken at least two to three hours just to get in. Uh, I stood in the Jedi Fallen Order line for about you know, 45 minutes to an hour with, with my family. And I, I had to leave because it would have been another hour for me to, to, um, to actually get in to, to try it out. But, you know, the, uh, in terms of um, what I've been hearing about the game, it seems like the reaction's a little bit mixed, but um, I'm hoping Respawn pulls this one out because at least for me, this and, you know, Cyberpunk are the two titles that I'm most excited about. Uh, at least in terms of new titles, and um, you know, for for me at least, the Warcraft Three and Final Fantasy Seven Remastered remakes are also the the other two titles that I'm most excited about for this year. Uh, somebody on my Facebook posted some some uh, YouTube stats, and just wanted to cover that really quickly. But one of the stats that was posted are were the most viewed trailers from E3. And in order of popularity, the top three were Cyberpunk 2077 at over 19 million views. Also, Marvel's Marvel Marvel's Avengers A-Day was announced, and that actually got 16.5 million views. So that was number two. And then number three, which is the title I'm most more excited about, is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that had about 8.5 million views. So clearly, you know, Cyberpunk does seem to be the, the most popular uh, title com coming out this year. Um, yeah, and that's basically it from my side. Well, let me uh, comment on a few things. And sure. if you think it's helpful, I can just go through some of the publishers and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. showcases. Yeah. 
So, um, well, the first thing I want to say is I, I, the destiny too. So I am guilty of believing the hype, um, after the announcement that it was going free to play. And then I listened to this podcast over the weekend and <laughs> they're talking about, you basically get it free to play. It's like one version of it, but you have to unlock all the expansions, histor- the historical expansions, but you know, with microtransactions. And I'm like, you know, I, <laughs> I was listening to him and it's so freaking convoluted, right? That it's not, it's not free to play. It's basically, you know, it's like a, it's like one of those CD-ROMs you got back in the nineties or the eighties, you know, the shareware thing. And then you had to unlock it with dollars. Right. So anyway, I was a little bit disappointed. And so that makes even the, that Google Stadia exclusive look even more ridiculous. Right. Um, so, and then the final, oh, the rollerball thing, you know, Ubisoft has just got to stop, right. They've got to stop the laser tag, the movies, rollerball, you know, steep all these games that just can't possibly make any money you know it's obscene right just focus 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 um that's my quick take on rollerball that looked really ridiculous um jr i'm not going to really comment too much on this but i will say that he was an amazing salesman for the vision of unity uh it seems like the founders are still supporting him uh from from to be this to maintain the ceo position but I think the overwhelming odds are probably against him at staying at Unity, which I think is a big loss for the company, frankly. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that kind of goes through. And then, and then finally, the one other thing I want to comment about what you guys are saying is, um, so Stadia, I think, is pretty much DOA, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and what was really interesting is that Microsoft came out there, and I thought that was going to be a big part of their presentation. But it was literally a footnote about xCloud. Like, they didn't focus at it at all. You know, all they're doing is is looking at next gen consoles and 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 experiences that are going to be delivered for that. Like they spent no time on XCloud. It, again, it was a it wasn't even a primary thing on their presentation, which I thought was kind of shocking um, to me anyway. Um, but as it goes, uh, you know, for the publishers, you know, I think EA had a good show. I think Star Wars looked great. I think FIFA announced um, Star Wars. Star Wars is kind of their big thing this year, right? And and the graphics look good. The gameplay looks good. I do think this game is going to be super short, which will probably hurt its reviews. But I do think there's some upside to this particular game um, compared to what EA has been saying. FIFA announced a new mode called Volta, which is basically FIFA Street Mode. I don't know why they just didn't call it that. But uh, that that could be actually pretty good for the game to expand a potential audience. Um, in terms of risks, I think Madden 20 doesn't look all that inspired and given even though they had a, a bit of an uptick on viewership this year, I still think the that interest in Madden is kind of waning in general in the U.S. Activision, I am going on record saying that Modern Warfare looked amazing. And I think any controversy is good. And I am I'm getting more bullish on Modern Warfare. Um, I thought it would be down 10, 10% units year over year, but I think it's probably going to be up 10. So it's a big swing for me. Uh, definitely incrementally more bullish. Um, Call of Duty Mobile... Blizzard and esports remain like the big risks for EA for Activision. I'm not going to go too much into that, but Call of Duty Mobile is kind of being developed by Tencent. And what's what's really interesting is that Tencent had has had all the success with PUBG. There's like no reason for them to support Call of Duty Mobile because um, basically they took PUBG, they couldn't get approved, and they made it. I forgot what the name, but they changed the name and changed like kind of the the style, and uh, it's killing it in China right now. So I don't know how they're going to justify supporting call of duty mobile 
Um, and Blizzard was had no presence to the show again. This, it's been a year since they've been at E3, but man, all I could hear about from people was how bad things are at Blizzard, how many people are leaving, yada yada. yada. It was, it was kind nice. of deafening. You know, uh, did you hear the same thing? Jim? I actually didn't hear much about Blizzard at all. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm worried yeah. about Blizzard. You know, I'm a huge fanboy, <laughs> yeah. but um, take two. So. Borderlands, I think, showed well. However, it, and it did have one of the longest lines to play the demo of the game. However, it seemed like they were more focused on these. I, I think there was an intentional focus on these high production value trailers as opposed to actually showing gameplay, <laughs> right? Because the gameplay is not going to sell it because the reality of it is the game is exactly the same as the last one, right? 10 years ago, right? So like, it's like st- time stood still from Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 3. You know, nothing, Destiny didn't happen, Division didn't happen, you know, look over there, right? And so they're coming out with a game that has no customer character customization. The skill trees are just not inspired at all. I mean, the only thing they have going for it was the weapons, but the weapons existed in, in all the other Borderlands. So I, I still remain a little bit worried about this game, um, not, a, not appealing beyond um, the core uh, fan base, but we will see. Um Ubisoft, Watch Dogs Legion, man, they just crushed it with this thing. I, I, I thought Watch Dogs Legion would be a challenge, but I think their presentation was amazing on this game. They're the, one of the things that you kept hearing from a lot of the uh, uh, enthusiasts is that we didn't see a lot of gameplay. You know, we didn't see Halo. You know, we didn't see even Cyberpunk didn't show any any gameplay. And, you know, all these games just basically showed these, you know, fancy trailers, but that but watchdogs went into like a 15 minute like gameplay demo in which you take control of an old lady and kick some butt right and it was it was it was awesome like i think they did a good job on that one ghost recon breakpoint rainbow six quarantine is a new co-op shooter that i didn't know about that was really cool um and then gods and monsters i think is really interesting so they basically i was aware of this a, a while ago but they're basically taking the assassin's creed engine and putting it in more of a zelda style action adventure and that's coming out uh, next March. Uh, but what's really cool about that is that they're basically kind of leveraging how good Assassin's Creed is and then putting it in a more uh, approachable type um, style, let's say. And again, Roller Champions is stupid. Stop it. And stop stop making movies and stop doing TV show trailers in your stupid video game conference presentations. Just stop. You know, like I, I talked to my buddy at Ubisoft. I'm like, Dude, you guys just got to get it together, right? And just not blow it every time with this nonsense. You know, laser tag was the other one where they had guys going around in the, in the, in the, I was there at the time. I I rarely go to these things anymore, but they're doing laser tag in the audience, right? It's like, come on, really? You know, like who, who approves this stuff? (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway, uh, finally, Nintendo, um, Nintendo crushed it too. I mean, I think, they were really, you know, Pokemon looked well. I think Animal Crossing de- getting delayed was really disappointing for a lot of people. But the Pokemon game is going to be huge. And then the biggest surprise of the show, like the only surprise that people actually didn't know going into the show that I can think of is they announced a sequel to Zelda. Now, of course, that's like coming soon type thing where, you know, who knows how far along they are in development. But as far as I know, they've actually never created a Zelda, more than one Zelda for a console platform, uh, you know, during its cycle. Um, so that's that is a pretty amazing thing, and, and the fans love that. So, um, but again, the biggest problem with Nintendo is uh, that third party has no 
no products whatsoever that matter on Nintendo. So that you know, EA, Take Two, Activision, whatever, they're not. No one's really participating. Um, and then I think that's about. Those are like kind of my high level thoughts that I'm talking about. Um, but I think that's about it. I think. I think the yeah the biggest losers of the show was basically Stadia for sure, um, and the biggest winners you know were Cyberpunk and Nintendo. EA to a lesser degree. Um, so, okay, great. Oh, one other note from my side is I would I will say from like more of an industry chatter perspective that there was a lot of talk about auto chess, and so you know Riot announced an, an auto chess mode that's coming to League of Legends. There's a bunch of new mobile games coming out. I think there's a bunch of stuff coming out uh, soon on if, if not already on for for PC and Steam. So. Uh, auto chess is going to be a big deal. So it's, it's just a lot of the products are just starting to come to market. And I think there will definitely be at least one big winner in the auto chess category. So, you know, whether it's riot with their mode or some, some new startup that, uh, creates a, a very strong version of auto chess, I think that's going to be exciting to see. And, uh, probably my, the, the final note for me is just, uh, want, want to, you know, give a big shout out to iron source for it, it is Adam, as you had mentioned, uh, for, for me as well, the, the PM forum summit that we had was, I, I thought was really, really great. And so definitely want to, um, thank iron source for their support for that, uh, for that event. But yeah, is there, I think if, if nothing else, I think that's about it. Did anyone else have any final comments or notes? Uh, I, I do actually. Um, okay. Uh, one correction, Eric. Um, Zelda's definitely been multiple times on the same console. Uh, coming from a Nintendo fanboy as myself, um, so you think about um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, uh, Twilight Princess, and uh, Skyward Sword, both on Wii. So th that's one correction. But also on the Destiny Two thing and Stadia, I did want to comment on that because that's kind of an interesting story um, that actually got corrected by yesterday. I was actually, um, with the Stadia announcement, um, I actually bought the Stadia Founders Edition, uh, not necessarily because I fully believe in the platform, but I definitely want to try it out. Uh, and one of the things that I actually was actually really excited about was the announcement that uh, with Destiny 2 going free to play um, and also have cross-save capabilities, then I could actually take all my progress from PC and actually bring it over to Google Stadia. So actually building on what they're trying to promise, okay, now I can actually bring it onto my iPad. So when I'm in bed, I can play Destiny 2, um, right? Like I can uh, play it while um, the TV has been taken up um, for, or, or if my PC has been taken up. Um, but in that sense, actually just yesterday was announced that in the fine print that actually all the Destiny 2 players that are coming to Stadia um, will not be able to play with anyone else in any other ecosystem. And you have to start all the way over from scratch. No. Yeah. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So this, this was something pretty crazy. So that now I bought the founder's edition of Google Stadia and it comes with Destiny 2 and all of its expansions. And I have to start over all from scratch in order to play with any of it. And I can only play it on the Google Stadia thing. Where, oh. sorry, go ahead, Eric. Uh, no, okay, sorry. I, I maybe I got to do a little bit more work on this because I, I again, 
I, I, I'm a victim of my own you know, rant, right? Where I'm like, I, I see this headline. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's free to play, right? And it's cross-platform, et cetera. And I just assume <laughs> that that's correct. And then I listen to the fine print and it's absurd. Well, I mean, there's just no way. Who's going to who's gonna go over to the Stadia if you have to start all over and you can't transfer? I thought the Stadia stuff would just kind of be part of the whole overall strategy so that, yeah, you save it on Stadia, you can play it on Xbox and play it on Sony and play it on PC. But if you have to start over, so in essence is what you're saying is it's free to play. It is truly free to play on Stadia, meaning you get access to all the content, but you have to start over so you don't have access to your existing characters. Is that accurate then? Uh, so it's not technically free to play on Stadia. So on Stadia, you still have to buy those expansions. So you still have oh. to buy Forsaken. You still have to buy Shadowkeep. Um, and your progress is fully reset. If you buy the Founders Edition, part of the um, benefit is that you get those expansions for free. Um, so that, that's where it gets a bit confusing, where the announcement around free-to-play and then the launch game on Stadia that comes bundled is a free-to-play game but it just comes with those expansions. And yeah, the problem is that you, you can't play with anyone outside of that ecosystem. So now all of a sudden, you know, right from the get-go, I want to be able to play with my friends on PS4. I want to play with my friends on PC. Can't do that. They're completely different ecosystems, completely yeah, different again, matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah. And again, another reason why playing on PlayStation and Xbox is a better experience than playing on Stadia, right? Because you have access to all the, the player base that are actually actively playing because hell, even if you were willing to be, you know, one of the first ones to play it on stadia, there's not enough, be enough people to get things together. Right. And, and to feel like an, a live world. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to do a little bit more work on this and kind of figure out what all these details are as they come, because yeah, that's, that's certainly not as compelling as I thought it was going to be. And I'm a huge destiny fan, right? I, I I mean, I played over 200 hours on destiny too. So it's not like, I love the game and I'm waiting for it to kind of get, get me in again. Cause the game is amazing, but, and I, I'm a big fan of Bungie, but um, I just feel duped a little bit with this, um, with these, these, these reports. So. Yeah. And cool. as a player of division two, like I actually enjoy using that uh, PS4 remote play. Um, I bring it over to my laptop or bring it over to my iPad whenever the TV's taken up. So I can actually play division, you know, like while we're watching Netflix, uh, just doing kind of grinding missions and this type of thing. So I kind of see the appeal of of buying it on um, Stadia, but with the pricing model that they chose, like I'm, I'm not going to spend another $60 just so I have access in that way, especially when competitors already give that functionality. Given that functionality isn't very good, like the, the streaming on PS4 definitely is um, un- unstable. And I think um, while we've been throwing Stadia a lot under the bus, the technology that's driving Stadia is actually quite impressive, but... I'm just not willing to buy the same game again on that platform. Um, so just another kind of, yeah, just, just another nail in that coffin. Yeah. There's no way, there's no way I'm paying a nickel for destiny Two, you know, uh, on stadia. Like this is, that's absurd. I've already spent like a hundred dollars on the game and gotten my money's worth, but I'm not going to, I don't imagine anybody buying, spending that much money on, on it. So I'll look at, I'll look into it and maybe we can talk about it next time uh, in more detail. Um, I think that's all I got on, on E3. I think I, I will say this just as a, as a closing remark. Um, as I said, my, I don't know if E3 is going to be around much longer. I think it's a very complex issue as to, as to why things are kind of falling apart. EA's kind of leaving Activision, whatever. 
a lot of it's political with the ESA and stuff, but a lot of it's like they want to do a consumer show. They they don't want to, they want to do a consumer show as opposed to uh, industry show. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons for it. It's I, my personal bias is I'm going to be really sad to see this show go. If this show gets converted to a consumer event like PAX, I think it's a I think it's it's sad, and I think it's actually a sign of what I've been saying on the podcast many times is that this industry has gone so core that there are no games that kind of appeal to the masses anymore since like the Wii era. And so part of it, part of what E3 was, was a way of communicating to the Wall Street Journals, the USA Today's and all these Time Magazine about how big gaming is and how it's for everybody. But the show became so much more about the individual like core um, IPs and the core market that it didn't do it, it didn't that doesn't serve that purpose as much anymore um and everyone knows gaming is big so they don't, they don't need to keep proving itself over and over again but anyway from my personal perspective i'm really sad to see the show go i think um it is validation on how big this thing is how this how big this industry is it's a great way of of industry people to get together and talk about current trends and you know personally i just really like going to e3 it's just fun to run around the jw and drink yourself silly and meet people and talk and end up being out too late at stupid bars. And anyway, it's fun. It's a boondoggle and uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss it, you know, <laughs> but it just feels like it's not going to last, but I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, maybe the ESA will pull it, turn it around and get these guys back and make it bigger than ever. Who knows? Or maybe another venue would be makes sense, right? Get the hell out of LA. LA is is trash. I, LA is so trash. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I, I I stayed in the in a terrible hotel in um in Koreatown. I had all this like my visions of my Korean town were like, oh my god, it's gonna be a beautiful place. And there's certainly beautiful places in Koreatown. Like there's a beautiful area, but the most of it's just terrible. It is terrible. It is like I, I there was like barbed wire on these on the fences and like metal gates on every single door. And I'm like. Where am I? I felt like I was in a third world country. You know, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> LA is trash, uh, trash, trash, trash. Um, anyway, but of course I'm very biased. And now the Lakers are going to get, uh, what's his name from uh, whatever. Anyway, Lakers are going to dominate and the Warriors are going to lose the next year. Gonna, Lakers are going to be dominant in the West. And now I'm in all I'm going to hear is all these LA guys, LA fans talking trash about Golden State. So anyway, that was my uh, quick rant on on. Uh, Los Angeles, but maybe they move it to Vegas and make it more festive and interesting and bigger. And, and I, one guy said like, you know, make it two days professional and three days, uh, consumer or something along those lines. Maybe that would work. But, um, anyway, sorry. That's my, my last take on E3. All right. Well, in, in that case, I think we're all done guys. Thanks everyone. And catch y'all later. All right. Talk Bye. to you guys later. Bye.